0: welcome to another episode of hitting Dirt by impact sports this is episode number 14 and i'm alex bodry back with you on a Wednesday afternoon, set to be released on Thursday morning. For those of you keeping track at home, no baby yet, although my wife is on full-blown get-this-kid-out-of-me mode, so it could be any day now, which is exciting and scary all at the same time. So I wanted to (coughs) talk about a couple of ongoing items today. Uh, The first is a little bit more fun and playful. I'm talking changes to the NFL Combine. And then we'll finish up with Antonio Brown, uh, because there's been some developments there um, and there's some legal or collective bargaining related items that need to be addressed in why he is still a Tampa Bay Buccaneer as of 3.20 central time on January 5th. And I want to timestamp that because this is subject to change for obvious reasons. So first, let's start with the NFL Combine. Um, it was announced today to teams, um, and that report was released to uh, the media. The AP, I believe, reported on this. Um, and they're making what I would call a handful of changes to how the NFL Combine works. Uh, the first, no more Wonderlick. So uh, the WonderLick is a standardized test that um, was given to players it was meant to be um, a barometer into a player's intelligence how smart they are i think there were some flaws with the test there is a very long history of cheating you know agents would get their hands on two or three previous tests have their players memorize the questions so that they would do better I've heard scouts say they didn't really care um, because they would rather, if you can memorize the questions to its stupid test, you can memorize the playbook, and that's all they care about. So, you know, there's really, I think, varied opinions on how important the test was. Uh, As a fan, you know, it would always be kind of fun as the Wonderlick test would leak who had the lowest score a lot of times there would be a lot of you know hoopla around a quarterback who scored really high, like this guy's a genius and that's why he's the number one pick, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how much it shows, but either way, the NFL is getting rid of it. So there will be no more Wonderlick test. So teams, as they try and address a player's intelligence, whether or not they're going to be able to pick up concepts in the NFL, that's all going to have to come through – You know, looking at report cards, grades, and interviews. No more test. Second change, they are changing some drills within the workouts themselves that are supposed to be better designed to show in-game movements. So, for example, uh, wide receivers currently, or at least in the old combine, would run a wheel route. Well, they're now changing that to a crossing route, things like that. Instead of running backs running corner and post routes, they're going to run option routes. So it's designed to show better player movement within a player's skill set so that teams can get a better idea of how a player can move with regards to an actual system. I would call this a very minor change. I don't know how much it has to do with it. They're doing similar changes to linemen and linebackers and across the board, trying to get scouts a better idea of how players move within specific player movements, specific route combinations, et cetera, that are supposed to be more in line with uh, game speed and game scenarios. So that change is coming. The last change that I saw, which is interesting one, is that the NFL is going to hold teams to a higher standard in terms of what questions are asked during a player interview. So today, or you know, before today, teams could pretty much ask a player anything they wanted during that interview. The USA Today for the win column, this was an article back in 2018. If you Google search, weird combine interview questions it'll pop up uh they have a list of 15 weird ones and they range from just goofy like how many ways could you use a brick in a minute or you know what team do you pick in madden what kind of fish are you to downright creepy for example do you find your mother attractive do you like men when did you lose your virginity? Uh, just some really bizarre and what I would call inappropriate questions for a job interview. So the NFL is putting an end to this practice, and they're saying, teams, you need to hold your selves and your staff accountable. You need to be professional. You can't ask any of these bizarre questions. Handle yourself, respect the kids, respect the process, et cetera. If you violate these rules, um, there's some financial consequences. You could be, you as a team, could be fined up to $150,000, and you could lose a draft pick ranging from the first round to the fourth round. So <clears throat> I think the NFL is making it crystal clear that this practice is to be put to an end, and no longer will teams be asking these bizarre questions. The interview is meant to to be an opportunity for a team to get to know the player, to allow them to, you know, dig into what they are like as a person, address any potential um, concerns, any red flags that may have happened in the past, but these teams are expected to handle themselves as professionals. And quite frankly, I don't think that's too much to ask. So I'm glad the NFL instituted this change. I think it's probably, while maybe rare that teams have gone down this road as asking these bizarre questions, players shouldn't have to put up with it. So I'm glad to see this change. Um, maybe the most impactful of the three. So that news dropped today, and uh, those changes are coming, beginning right away. Uh, the NFL Combine will be next month already. So um, teams will begin preparing for that as players already are. Um, a lot of Combine prep training started on monday already for the players that are still playing on alabama or georgia obviously they'll get started a little bit later there's some all-star games to be played Uh, the college gridiron showcase is this weekend Uh, the hula bowl is next week i think the tropical bowl is next week and then later you'll have the big three the nfl pa bowl the shrine game east west and the senior bowl All coming up over the next month or so as players begin to prepare for the most important interview of their lives, a la the NFL draft process. So a lot to come here Um, after we get into the playoffs and the season's over. I think this podcast will do a pretty deep dive into the draft process and how it works. A little bit behind the scenes, but as of right now, that is where things sit. All right. Let's switch gears to everybody's favorite topic, at least over the last five days or so. Antonio Brown. So uh, for those of you who live under a rock, or maybe not football fans, Antonio Brown had a bizarre interaction with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What has come out since Sunday is that The Buccaneers coaching staff told Antonio Brown to re-enter the game. Antonio Brown said no. He told the team he was having ankle pain, or at least that's what he's saying he told the team, saying, nope, I can't, my ankle hurts, and this is the same ankle that held him out several weeks due to an injury, so he wasn't going to go back in. The coaching staff apparently said, okay, if you're not going to go back into the game, leave the field, to which point Antonio Brown removed his jersey, his pads, and his undershirt and left the field shirtless and proceeded to pump up the New York Jets crowd in one of the end zones while the game was continuing on. I have to admit, one of the weirdest exits from a game in any sport that I've ever seen. After the game, Coach Bruce Arians was asked about it, and he made the comment that Antonio Brown is no longer a Buccaneer, implying that the wide receiver would be cut shortly after the game. Well, <clears throat> it is now Wednesday afternoon. Updated time is 3.30-ish. Uh, Central time Wednesday, January 5th, and Antonio Brown is still a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and a lot of people are wondering why that may be, and there are at least least two different angles to this. And I'm going to explore one rather in-depthly, and we'll touch on another briefly. So the first problem for the Buccaneers when it comes to terminating Antonio Brown is If he is truly injured, he cannot be cut. A player cannot be terminated while they are injured as long as that injury is related to football activities. So this stems first (coughs) from standard language that is in every player contract. So a lot of people, I think, believe that the NFL is ruthless and if a player is injured they can be cut. That is not true. That is not the case. So every standard player contract, every contract, I want to make this very clear, every contract that is in the NFL has what's called a paragraph nine protection. Again it's called paragraph nine because it's the ninth paragraph of the player contract. It reads, and I'm going to read this verbatim, Unless this contract specifically provides otherwise, if player is injured in the performance of his services under this contract and promptly reports such injury to the club physician or trainer, then player will receive such medical and hospital care during the term of this contract as the club physician may deem necessary, and he will continue to receive his yearly salary for so long during the season of injury only and for no subsequent period covered by this contract." Um, as long as the player is physically unable to perform the services required of him by this contract because of such injury, it then goes on to talk about what would happen, um, if a player is to die as a result of that injury. So per that language that I just rattled off, as long as Antonio Brown is injured, And as long as he reports that injury to the club medical staff for as long as he is injured, he cannot be terminated. He cannot be cut. We'll get into in a moment what would happen if the Buccaneers did cut him. But you know, Antonio Brown's representatives and himself have said, look, my ankle hurt, it sounds like he told the coaching staff, or at least again, from his point of view, he told the coaching staff that he re-injured his ankle and that's why he would not return to the game. So he seems to have met the requirements under paragraph nine. He was injured in the performance of his services. He told the medical staff he would be eligible and actually required to continue his, to receive his salary. And remain on the roster for as long as that ankle injury is confirmed now obviously i'm assuming that since the buccaneers coaching staff told him to return to the game their medical staff does not believe that the extent of his injuries warranted him to remain out of the game so antonio brown this week this is a, due to um, a report I'm reading from Yahoo, um, and they reference a report by the Tampa Bay Times that um, Antonio Brown went and saw a physician, I believe a surgeon, that would um, that concluded, excuse me, that Antonio Brown's pain is legitimate and then he's injured. So <clears throat> this puts the Buccaneers in a difficult spot. Um what do you, what do you do with them like I think it would be a risky move to cut them and I think that I'm right about that because I think the Buccaneers feel the same way. Otherwise they would have cut them already. So <clears throat> if they would have cut Antonio Brown it would be interesting to see what Antonio Brown and the NFLPA would do because if a player is cut while injured, they can file what's called an injury grievance against the club. This is in article 44 of the collective bargaining agreement. And again, this is the definition in the collective bargaining agreement word for word. An injury grievance is a claim or complaint that at the time of an NFL player at the time of a player's NFL player contract or practice squad contract was terminated by a club. The player was physically unable to perform the services required of him by that contract because of an injury incurred in the performance of his services under that contract. So again, if he's cut or his contract is terminated while he's injured, he can file a grievance against the club. So, There are some rules, and we'll walk through this. Uh, It does get a little technical, but important. Um, Any player and or the NFLPA must present an injury grievance within 25 days. So since he hasn't been cut yet, this time clock hasn't started. Um, If they were to cut him this afternoon, he would have 25 days from today in order to file the grievance. The club then has 10 days to answer that. Um, They can raise... Any special defense, including, let's see, there's seven of them, six of them, excuse me. But essentially what it's going to come down to is he will file a grievance. The club will respond. The player then must present himself for examination by a neutral physician within 20 days from the date of the filing of the grievance. Given that the ankle injury is in dispute it would probably be in his best interest uh, to get reviewed by that physician as soon as possible especially if it's related to pain i wouldn't want to wait too long for that and have a neutral physician say that there is no pain and that he's not injured because that obviously doesn't help his cause so there are a list of specific neutral physicians that the nflpa and the management council will agree to He has to pick one, probably closest to wherever he is, whether he's in New York or Tampa. Um, Hard to say. He was at the Nets game the other night on court side. Definitely not shy for attention. Um, But anyway, that's not fact. That's my opinion. Um, So wherever he wants to go, as long as it's one of those approved neutral physicians, he'll get checked out, and that will play into the appeal. So... (coughs) You know, there's a hearing, you can appeal that hearing, blah, 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 blah. The big thing is if they find that the club violated the Article 44, payment must be made to the player within 30 days of the um, award. So if the player wins, he gets paid all of his back contract money. Um, He would get group health coverage um, and potentially any playoff money because es- essentially what they're going to do is they're going to treat it as if he was on injured reserve. So <clears throat> let's say they cut Antonio Brown. They're going to assume if he were to win his appeal or his grievance here that Antonio Brown should have been placed on injured reserve and therefore he's going to get the last week of his salary week 18 coming up here and any playoff money depending on how far the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roll through the playoffs so he would get all of those things so (laughs) I think what we're seeing here is that he hasn't been outright terminated because Tampa Bay is a little bit worried about this grievance procedure again Every NFL player contract has protection under paragraph nine, and he cannot be cut while he's injured. And while it may be in dispute of whether or not he is injured, he's already found a physician to say that his injury is legitimate. The pain is real. That puts into question what Tampa Bay is eligible to do. Other options that may be available to the Buccaneers. Well, let me address one other thing before I move on. I saw some reports that um, stated the Buccaneers don't want to terminate Brown because he would be subject to waivers and potentially he could get picked up by another team. That is certainly the case and maybe a potential factor in the Buccaneers' decision. However, I do wonder, given all of the surrounding circumstances, (laughs) what other teams would be willing to claim him although i have seen sources on twitter so take this with a grain of salt that have talked to some teams and teams would be willing to bring him in special rules for special players i guess i if i'm making a playoff run i don't know i don't know if i would want to take on that potential risk of another outburst on my team also is he going to be able to get up to speed in a week or two to help you out in the playoffs? It's so late in the season. I don't think that's the driving factor here. I think it's this potential injury grievance, which is why the uh, the Buccaneers haven't made a move yet. It's why they've been working with the NFL to figure this out. Um, I don't think they want to go to down this grievance road. Quite frankly, I don't know if they'd win. So <clears throat> that's my guess. So the other option is the Buccaneers could just put him on injured reserve. Um, If they did that, he would be done for the season. The good news for the Buccaneers is they could just stow him away. If they are worried about a competitive advantage or another team picking him up, uh, he'd be unable to go anywhere. He'd be under contract. The bad news for the Buccaneers is they got to pay him for another week, and potentially he would earn any playoff money associated with that. That playoff money comes from the NFL, but still, you know, I doubt that the Buccaneers are thrilled about Antonio Brown continuing to collect on their contract when they were very clearly upset with him after the end of last week. So that's another option. I saw another option that would, you know, maybe they could suspend him for conduct detrimental to the team, which, you know, given his exit style, I could see the argument for but again if i'm representing antonio brown it's hard to penalize my client for con t- conduct de- detrimental when you were willing to play him given the fact that he's injured he told you he was injured he's got a history of injury and you're willing to sacrifice his health to win a football game so who's got the worst infraction here is it my client who is? clearly upset that you wanted to play him while he was injured or is it you who wanted to you know to use a Friday Night Lights reference booby miles him and play him while he's injured and he was risking his life and limb life and limbs probably a little dramatic but you know risking his long-term health and his future playing status all to win a football game against the Jets so who's who's got the worst infraction at least that's the argument I would make if I'm repping antonio brown and it's a good one i think i think that an arbitrator would listen to that argument so you know it's it's interesting mike and i talked about this this weekend this was going to be a story all week it's a little surprising that on wednesday he's still around but i think the team after they took a deep breath and thought about it realized that hey it's not as simple as just getting rid of this guy because of this whole injury thing. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, you know, we're on Wednesday. A couple days go by. It's going to be easier just to keep them on the roster. I would guess that they would tuck him on IR so they can free up a roster spot. Last thing you want to do is pay the guy and waste a roster spot on a guy who's very clearly not with the team. Or anything like that so we'll see what would be interesting is you know if he is on con if he is under contract he's not placed on ir he's not cut would the buccaneers expect him to report to team facilities because then at that point if he is violating his contract then it would open them up to potential options. You know, he's now not fulfilling the terms of his contract. He's, you know, even if he's injured, he's supposed to be, you know, rehabbing. He's supposed to be with team facilities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they go that route. I don't know. I don't know if they want to deal with it. Would Brown spite him and show up? Who knows? Um, so I expect more fireworks over the course of the week. Super interesting story can't imagine that I saw this coming, especially with the Tom Brady-led team, but anything's possible, and very clearly the two sides have a difference, had a difference of opinion on Sunday, and that's come to fruition, so craziness, 2021, or 2022, excuse me, starting off with a bang, and it's starting off on an interesting note. I'm also curious to see what, if any, distraction this will be for a team that quite frankly has as good a shot as any to make it to another Super Bowl and win because as long as you got Tom Brady number 12 back there, you don't ever want to see that guy in the playoffs. Will this be a distraction? Will this go away? We still have another week of the regular season, so will it go away by the time we get there? Who knows. Um, But it's not going away anytime soon until he's either placed on IR and stowed away or he is cut. And even then, once that happens, it'll be interesting to see what he and the NFLPA do in terms of a grievance. So I hope you found that interesting. I hope it answers a couple questions you may have on why he hasn't been cut yet. Um, And we'll stay up to date on that. So thanks again for listening to another episode. Um, If you want more content like this, you can follow me on Twitter, Impact Sports Management. Instagram, Impact Sports underscore football and Substack Impact Sports newsletter. So thank you all for listening. Spread the word. Appreciate it. And have a good rest of your day. Bye.